0: Welcome into the DNVR Buffs Podcast. We are, of course, presented by the American Raptors. Head on over to AmericanRaptors.com. Grab your free ticket for one of their rugby matches or stream all of their games at that website. Again, that is AmericanRaptors.com. Also, check out the DNVR Rugby Podcast hosted by our guy, Colton Strickler. He has everything rugby covered on that end for DNVR. Wow, what a Sunday. It is about 4, almost 5 o'clock in the afternoon on Sunday. Um, of course, the Buffs with a huge upset win over the Tennessee Volunteers. Earlier today, they beat the Vols 78-66. to The number 11 team in the country goes down after a very disappointing Friday where the Buffs lost as 15-point favorites to Grambling. They do the same thing to the Vols today on Sunday. Tons to get to in this show. We will get to the grambling game and talk about that a bit. We will also get to Friday's football game against USC. But we start with the big upset in Nashville. A sloppy, weird game in the first half. Uh, no one was really shooting the ball well. I think the Buffs were hanging around somewhere on 35%. Tennessee was awful. I think they were around 25 to 30% the entire game. They actually finished this game only shooting 25% from the field. CU was turning the ball over at a fairly alarming rate in the first half um, at least nine turnovers in that first half uh, but the buffs eventually clean it up Uh, it was 11 turnovers actually in the first half for the buffs they were winning the rebounding battle 24 to 21 in that first half shooting only 35 percent from the line the Vols were at 23 they had only hit six first half field goals five of those were three-pointers they were 17 of 21 from the line and yet the buffs were somehow within two points at halftime it was insane stuff to see KJ Simpson coming up absolutely massive so many great moments from him including the buzzer beater at the end of the first half to keep the buffs within a basket going into the locker room let's kind of start from the beginning here um The Buffs got very fortunate, uh, unfortunate for Tennessee, that their center, I believe he's from Serbia, actually, Uros Plavsic, um, goes down and kind of leveled the playing field for the Buffs at that point. Um, They do come out with an alternate starting five, though, which was something that I think was interesting to see. I don't think a lot of people expected Tad to go out and do that, change this lineup so early. No KJ, no Neek, no Tristan Da Silva in the starting lineup. Instead, it's Luke O'Brien, Jalen Gabon, Ju- Javon Ruffin, Ethan Wright, and Lawson Lovering. Gabadon was really doing work early on for the Buffs. Uh, even Hadley wasn't in the starting five. I'm not sure exactly what the message was. Tad just had to be upset about what happening on what happened on Friday night against Grambling. Um, but eventually those guys get in the game, and it proved to be a godsend really for KJ in the least. He led the team in points and rebounds, a double-double for KJ in his best game at Colorado to this point, highest point total, first double-double, 23 points, 10 rebounds. He also added on a few assists. Um, He did have his fair share of turnovers though, so that's still going on, but man, he was just so awesome, so explosive, his speed getting up and down the floor, is really different, and it's a factor that is going to be huge for the Buffs throughout this season. They bring Hadley in along with the Silva and KJ, I believe, at the same point, um, about midway through the first half. Uh, the Buffs were struggling, but Tennessee was struggling even worse. I mean, as I mentioned, they just could not hit any shots. Their leading score only um, twelve or fifteen points. That was Tyreek Key. Josiah James also had fifteen points. But just a horrendous shooting night for Tennessee. Some of that luck really uh, coming back in the Buffs' favor. I mean, we haven't seen them have a great shooting night yet. Um, and Grambling was lights out on Friday. Well, Tennessee can't manage to hit uh, the broadside of a barn. And the Buffs finish with 44% field goal percentage. Uh, the turnovers, something that is becoming a storyline for this team. Uh, 19 in this game. They had 19 on Friday Against Grambling, um, I mean, it's kind of funny how that works out. I mean, you get 19 turnovers in both, and such different results. But you got to think that Coach Tab Boyle is going to emphasize that department. Uh, they outrebounded Tennessee, 47 to 38. Just a great effort all game long. Um, it was such a fun game to watch, and just KJ's takeover in the second half. There's a great video on the Buffs Twitter. Go to DMVR underscore Buffs and check out. Um, It's a quick, like, three-minute recap of the entire game. If you happen to miss this one, it's definitely worth your time. Uh, Lots of great plays. Ethan Wright was making plays. Uh, Gabadon was making plays. Hadley came in and was doing his thing off the bench. He had 10 rebounds, only five points for him, Uh, no assists. He only had one turnover. He added three blocks and two steals, too, though. Javon Hadley's just been an absolute beast for this Buffs basketball team. Ethan Wright with the highest plus minus of anyone on the floor, only eight points, shot three of five from the field. Uh, He hit two of his four three-pointers, however, one rebound, one assist, two turnovers, one block, and two steals. Um, Only played 18 minutes, but was very impactful. Tristan Da Silva, he came up pretty huge down the stretch, hitting two massive three-pointers. He finished with 14 points, uh, went five of seven from the field two rebounds, one assist. He had two turnovers also, uh, but he also added a steal to that line. Julian Hammond made some plays. Um, Who else, man? Lawson was pretty good today. Uh, We'll get to the grambling game after the break here and talk about that because I know a lot of people were really upset with Lawson after that game, but I think he really proved his worth. uh, This one, only three points from him, but five rebounds. He had two assists. He also... I mean, he had four turnovers. It was sloppy at times for him, but his ability on the defensive side of the floor, uh, grabbing those four rebounds, absolutely huge for the Buffs. He had two steals and a block, also. Who else? We mentioned Jalen Gabadon off the off the bat. Um, kind of turns into pedestrian stat line, uh, but he was really impactful and was. I mean, he was the Buffs' offense really those first uh, five to seven minutes. In the game, he went two for nine from the field. He did hit a three-pointer. Only eight points, though. He had three rebounds. He had an assist. He had one turnover, one block, two steals. He played 25 minutes. Um, That's about it, though. I mean, Neat Clifford, not much coming from him. Only shot two field goals. Only one point. He went one for two from the line. Didn't hit any of his field goals. He did have four rebounds, two turnovers, an assist, no blocks, no steals. Um, I mean, it's something that Coach Tabboa talked about in the preseason. It's probably going to be a different guy every game for them. It was Hadley in the first game. It was Gabadon who really, I would say, was probably the best player against Grambling. And then it was KJ on Sunday. Just awesome stuff. This team really needed that after taking that L to Grambling on Friday. With that being said, let's get into that grambling game. But first, I want to tell you guys about our friends over at Breckenridge Brewery. Uh, Basketball season is here. We had a great event at the DMVR bar on Friday night. We had a Nuggets watch party. Uh, We watched the Buffs basketball game and the football game. Tons of fun over there. Everyone was having a great time and tons of Breckenridge Brewery. Beers were being cracked open. I know I killed a couple Mountain Beach Sours. Um, it's Vanilla Porter Junior season. They've got the Fun Slinger bucket going on at the bar too. But if you are unable to make it to the DMBR bar, check out the Breckenridge Brewery beer locator at www.breckbrew.com to find a Broncos Country Pale Ale, Fun Slinger, Vanilla Porter Junior, Mountain Beach Sour, I can go on and on. Find all of those near you using that link. Also, shout out to our friends over at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA where new customers can make any $5 NBA Moneyline bet and get $200 in free bets if your team wins. Everyone can boost their winnings up to 100% with DraftKings Stepped Up Same Game Parlays. Um, Tons of great deals and free bets and promotions going on at DraftKings. Go to that home screen and sift through the deals at the top of the page. Tons of great things for you guys to get all into. I haven't been doing great, man. I uh, took some L's in college football. I took Texas minus seven and a half yesterday. That was dumb. Uh, Didn't really make any great bets at all this weekend. But DraftKings has you covered with all of these great deals and promotions going on. And new customers, remember that any $5 bet this week um, that hits gets $200 in free bets if your team wins. Again, this is new customers only, only at DraftKings Sportsbook with promo code DMVR. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. See show notes for details. All right, let's get into this grambling game. I don't want to get on this one too much just because uh, obviously it wasn't great. And we saw that the Buffs were able to bounce back on Sunday. But still some things that we can take from this. Um, As I mentioned, when we got into the Tennessee game, Coach Taboyle opted to change that starting lineup. And it might have been due because of really the first 10 minutes, or really five minutes or so of this Grambling game, where the Grambling Tigers got out to a pretty big lead. The buffs were behind early, um, and they just really couldn't come back. They again just went cold, shooting the ball early on. They ended up finishing shooting 40% in the game, but Grambling was just on fire. They shot 50% from the field. They really had it going on with their guards, um, most notably Sean Darius Cowart, uh, Cartier Gordon, their big Ford inside, was mixing it up and really giving Colorado issues too. Uh, Gordon had 14 points, but Sean Darius Cowart, Cowart uh, with 19 points of his own. He was the leading scorer in that basketball game Friday night. On the buff side, um, personally, I thought Gabadon was probably the most impressive guy, at least early on. He was really the only player on the buffs that was able to insert some energy um, and just really pick up the team when they were struggling early on. Hadley was playing okay early on himself, but it wasn't as great as it was on Monday for Javon Hadley. Neat Clifford scored 15 points in this game. He went 7-12 from the field, 1-5 um, for five from 3 he added on six rebounds, two assists, three steals, and a block. He also had three turnovers, however. KJ Simpson, not a great shooting night from him. He went five or sixteen from the field. Hit three of his four free throws and hit three of his eight three-pointers, however. Uh, he was the leading scorer for the Buffs on Friday night with 16 points. He also added on four or three rebounds, four assists, two steals, no blocks, and two turnovers. Um, those turnovers though man they were killer for the buffs early on 19 in the game Grambling had 18 themselves uh, but the buffs were just I mean just completely disjointed it It wasn't a great game for Lawson Lovering as I talked about he only played 15 minutes uh, but he was really getting eaten live by Grambling's size he only was able to give the buffs three rebounds one point one assist no steals one block and then he had two turnovers um, this game, I mean, as I mentioned off the top when we started talking about it, it was really determined by that first opening run from Grambling. I can't remember the exact score, but the buffs were down uh, by a lot. In so just pulled it up, actually. At the ten fifty nine mark in the first half, they were down 23-9, to nine, uh, just turning the ball over. Grambling couldn't miss. Um, it just, this just... As you guys know, this stuff just happens in college basketball sometimes. Sometimes it's not your night. Sometimes the other team is just playing out of their mind. I mean, this was a huge game for Grambling with the Buffs headed down there. So maybe it makes sense. Maybe this Grambling team is just a bit better than everyone expected too. Uh, I went and checked out the Ken Palm ratings. They are way down there. I'm sorry to say it. I mean, it's nothing uh, that's really going to help the Buffs in terms of their resume, especially once we get the tournament time. As of right now, Ken Palm has Grambling State at 298 in their, I mean, total efficiency ratings. The Buffs hanging around 62. Uh, They pick up that big win today over Tennessee. So let's talk about that. I mean, you had a bad loss against Grambling, but then you have a great win against Tennessee. And I'd be interested to hear actually what you guys think too. I mean, do those things balance each other out? Is that how the selection committee might see it? And is that what their resume says at this point, is that this team is just inconsistent in terms of their night-to-night performance, in terms of who's going to be the leading scorer on a night-to-night basis. I mean, we had KJ lead on Sunday and on Friday, uh, but it's a point, as I mentioned, that goes back to the preseason. It could be Tristan night, it could be a Hadley night, it could be a Neek, or it could be a a Luke night, or a KJ night. That's just how it's going to be for this basketball team. So we'll keep an eye on this Ken Palm stuff. I mean, being at 62 at this point with that loss on your resume, um, things could be worse, I guess. We'll leave it at that for now. Um, Excited to get into this basketball team, though. These guys are a ton of fun to watch. This is going to be a huge week coming up for them. They play UMass to open up the, uh, the first game of that Myrtle Beach Invitational on Thursday, That's an early game, though. It's going to be an 11.30 a.m. game on Thursday, so plan accordingly for that. Not exactly sure what the rest of the schedule is going to look out to be for them. I think they're playing through Sunday through the 20th, so expect a game on the 18th, 19th, 20th. We'll see how the bracket all shakes out. We'll be covering it all here at DMVR Buffs. Of course, keep it tuned here and on the site for everything Buffs Basketball think that's going to do it for basketball on this show. So now, um, before we talk about this football team and the issues that we saw on Friday night, I want to tell you all about our friends at Green Mountain Dental. Green Mountain Dental has been one of DMVR's primary supporters from the very beginning, and we've had countless fans and our own staff convert to Green Mountain Dental and never look back. They're located just 15 minutes from downtown in Lakewood. Uh, Dr. Ben and his team have you covered from general dentistry, regular cleanings, orthodontics, removing wisdom teeth, and everything in between. Tell the team that DMVR Sports sent you and get a $300 discount for a full orthodontics treatment for new patients. Also, if you mention DMVR Sports, you get a free set of bleach trays. That's a $350 value. Also, with a new patient cleaning, exam, and x-rays, they are also hiring full and part-time positions. To make an appointment or find out any more information, check out their website at GreenMountainDentalGroup.com. Again, that's GreenMountainDentalGroup.com. Check that out today. Alrighty, guys. It's that time for the show. Let's talk about the football team. Of course, falling 55-17 to 17 to USC on Friday night. Uh, not going to go all the way through the game, but it was actually really close early on. It was a 2-3 to three football game at one point. The Buffs were leading the Trojans by that score. Uh, hockey or soccer score, if you will. Baseball even, too. Um, it, of course, turned pretty sour, but we'll start here off the top. Um, the Buffs weren't Bad. I mean, they weren't able to really get anything going offensively. We saw RJ Sneed quite involved early on. He had a pair of catches on their opening drive. But ultimately, the Buffs weren't able to really get anything going. Uh, They ran Alex Fontenot early and often. Um, He didn't really get going until the second half. But on the first USC drive, the Buffs forced a three and out. Really surprising and a huge momentum shift early on in this football game. Uh, Unfortunately, Colorado's offense not really able to respond they end up having to punt on their next drive USC gets the ball back and this is when Caleb Williams throws his second interception of the season pass intended for Brendan Rice Nico Reed beautiful job undercutting the route fighting for the football gives the buffs the ball around the 23-yard line, but Nico Reed is called for an unsportsmanlike conduct after the play. The Buffs lose 11 yards. They go back to their 12-yard line. JT is sacked in the end zone. Tuli Tui-Pelodu, an absolute beast for USC on that defensive line. He gets to JT. USC goes up with that safety, 2 to nothing. USC gets the ball back. They go 3 and out again, however. And then Colorado finally manages to mount a drive. They get all the way to the 10-yard line. They have to settle for a field goal. Alex Fontenot was running really well. He had a 37-yard run. He also had a 7-yard run on this drive. Um, Anthony Hankerson had a few runs. This drive was actually uh, stopped early on. There was a 4th and six from the Colorado thirty-six. CU ended up punting, but USC was called for offsides on the play. Mike Sanford opts to go for it on 4th and 1 from the 41-yard line. Alex Fontenot ran for 4 yards. Then that next play was that 37-yard run. And then that 7-yard run, getting him all the way to the 11-yard line. And it's that 2nd and 3. Brady it's a beautiful design by Clay Patterson and Coach Sanford. Brady Russell on the little pop pass is wide open in the middle of the field. JT just, I don't, I don't even want to say short arms it. He just completely airmails it, really. It's behind and too quick on Brady Russell. It's a missed opportunity. The Buffs has to settle for a field goal, but they go up 3-2. to two. How about that? The Buffs leading USC. And really after that, that's about everything that happened. Uh, Caleb Williams and Travis Dye just kind of took over. Um, in that second quarter at the end of the half it was 26 to 3 USC. Um, the buffs fought back in the third quarter they cut the deficit 26 to 10 at one point and it really seemed like maybe the buffs are in shouting distance. Um, I don't think the win was ever something that anyone realistically thought was in play um, but they were pressing USC and it seemed like maybe if you get another drive going after you have that uh, that long drive, to get the touchdown to make it 26 to 10, you know, you can score a touchdown. It's 26 to 17. If you decide to go for two uh, 2 point conversions at that point, it's a two possession game. But USC just ends up taking over. Travis Dye eventually goes down with a season ending knee injury. Just horrible stuff to see. He was playing so well this season for the Trojans. Um, I really enjoyed watching him and talking about him on our Pac 12 recaps. Uh, it sucks to see a player like that go down with such a devastating injury. But Alex Fontenot played very well for the Buffs. He had a career game, um, his best game in a while, really, for this team. 20 attempts, 108 yards, one touchdown, averaging 5.4 yards per uh, per carry on the ground. It seemed like he was maybe in for a monster day. He could maybe go over 150, 200 or so all-purpose yards, Um, but it just didn't end up falling that way. He did have a nice reception for 16 yards. He ends the day though. I put some around. Oh, I'm doing quick maths here. This is not good stuff. Puts him at 120 some yards. (laughs) This is why I'm a journalism major, guys. I don't do math. Anyways, Caleb Williams was just fantastic. Uh, as advertised, I'd say he, he's just so special, um, If uh, we talked about it on the Pac-12 podcast, uh, recap pod, I think last week, if he wasn't playing for USC, if he was still in Oklahoma, I think he'd be very, very highly regarded in terms of the Heisman conversation. I mean, yeah, he's probably still in it right now, um, but I don't think he's taken seriously as an option, but he is just so special. He went 14 to 26, 268 yards, three touchdowns. He did have that interception we talked about. But he also added two touchdowns on the ground. He actually ended up with negative yardage on the ground, um, minus four yards and eight carries. CU got to him a few times. CU was actually able to generate some pressure throughout this game, which was really impressive. Quinn Perry had a sack. Jamar Montgomery had a sack. Um, Chance Main and Josh chandler Semedo split a sack. Three total sacks for the Buffs. They ended up with five tackles for a loss in this game. The Trojans themselves, they had three sacks, 2-2-2-1, two and two and a half. Um, He is just a freak. He is someone that is going to be playing on Sundays very soon and making an impact at that level. Also, in terms of other defensive stats, Jeremy Mack, the leading tackler for the Buffs. uh, Trevor Woods didn't play. We didn't see Deion Smith also. Not sure exactly what the reasoning for those, but we will talk to Coach Sanford tonight on Sunday um, and get some answers. You'll most likely hear those answers on tomorrow's podcast or in an article at some point early in the week on the site. Chandler Tomato, though, eight tackles, another decent game for him. Robert Barnes was making some plays. He had seven total tackles, one tackle for a loss. Uh, Nico Reed, of course, with that interception. Um, USC, I mean... Brendan Rice was making some plays. Uh, Jordan Addison came back. He didn't really do much. We didn't see Mario Williams. Taj Washington had a big 61-yard touchdown. Uh, Who else played well for the Trojans? Looking at it, uh, Brendan Rice, second-leading receiver. Three receptions, 70 yards, one touchdown. Travis Dye was, I mean, he only had nine carries for 26 attempts. He must have gone out earlier than I remembered. Austin Jones came in in relief. Uh, running the football, he did pretty well, 74 yards and 11 carries, that's a 6.7 yards per carry average, um, let's talk about the Buffs offense, man, they just continue to really stink it up, JT Shroud. I mean, there's there's not much else to really say at this point, I mean, it's obvious he doesn't have it, um, in terms of playing at a Pac-12 level, I don't know if he really has shown the consistency to do that i think that it's within him i think he's capable of doing it he obviously has a special arm and is able to make some impressive throws Uh, but then you just see the things like short arming the brady russell throw inside the 10 yard line that would have led to a touchdown i mean it's just these simple layups that he can't get done and the consistency another game of only 52 percent completion and 124 passing yards it's just not good enough Um, Owen McCown will not be coming back Uh, I think we've mentioned that many times looks like he's going to be red shirting for those asking for Drew Carter and Maddox Cop too though um, I don't really know if those guys are going to be able to do much better than JT at this point so it just seems like uh, the buffs are stuck with Shrout for the remainder of the season Uh, coach Sanford I think said enough towards the end of the game I mean it was well out of reach Uh, I think USC was threatening to cover. They didn't cover until that last touchdown. But Coach Sanford had opportunities if he wanted to, to put Drew Carter in the game. He just never did. He just stuck with JT. And um, I think that actually might be the best course of action because he obviously needs some work, get him some game reps, and see if this helps his confidence and overall consistency um, these last two weeks and going into the offseason. Of course, tons of changes are going to be made with this program. I'm assuming quarterback will be one of them. We'll see if Owen McCown is the actual starter for next year. Um, But a lot just hanging in the air right now with the coach being hired with JT's level of play. Uh, The transfer portal may play a factor also. So we'll see. Looking through this box score, we can do some team stats here. Uh, The Buffs completely outgained. Trojans, 531 yards. The Buffs only 259. The Buffs, again, I mean, you could, they can run the ball. It's just that the game script and how far behind they get just really takes them out of what they want to do and what they're comfortable and what they're really good at doing, which is running the football. Um, but when you're down three to four scores, obviously it just doesn't make sense to keep on pounding the rock and taking off more time. In terms of first downs, USC at 27. The Buffs had 14. The Buffs averaged 4.6 yards per play. USC averaged 7.2. Uh, terms of penalties, 8 on both sides, 62 penalty yards for the Buffs, 73 for the Trojans. We have already talked about the sacks. Um, that's about it, I think, man. Uh, we'll see what happens this week against Washington. They, of course, had the big upset win over Oregon. The Pac-12 really just eating itself alive and I think ending their own playoff hopes before they even really get into the conversation. I mean, USC is still within the talk to get in at this point. We'll see what the CFP committee thinks of them come Tuesday. But TCU is going to hold on to that number four ranking. Uh, Tennessee with an impressive win also. And then LSU with another nice win. So the Pac-12 just still seems to be log jammed Behind two SEC teams and now a Big 12 team. A Big 12 team that the Buffs opened the season with, weirdly enough. Alrighty guys, I think that's going to do it for today's episode. This is technically our Friday episode of the show, um, but because of all the games and just the structure of this weekend being on the short week for football, a little bit delayed, but we will be back tomorrow on Monday with a Pac-12 recap show. Uh, We should, I mentioned it a couple weeks ago, haven't said a lot about it, we should be having our very special guest on the show this week. Stay tuned to DMVR underscore buffs and my Twitter at Jake DMVR for all the news on that. You guys will find out exactly when you need to know about this pretty big guest and announcement that that we're going to have in terms of... uh, the Wednesday podcast, I believe. Don't quote me on that. We're still hoping for final confirmation, but I really am excited for this, and I think that you guys will enjoy it too. It's going to be an interesting week. We got football again, as I mentioned. Um, They play, I believe the kickoff time was announced already, and they're going to be kicking off against the Washington Huskies in Seattle at 7 o'clock p.m., Game will be aired on the Pac-12 Network. In terms of basketball, as I mentioned, Thursday morning, eleven thirty against UMass. But keep an eye; the schedule will remain in flux as they go through this Myrtle Beach Invitational. All right, feel like I'm starting to ramble. Thank you guys so much for listening, uh, Sco Buffs. Man, huge win against Tennessee. Hope you guys are able to ride that high throughout this week. We will be back very soon. Talk later, Sco Buffs.